Good morning, Light City. So glad to be with you this morning. Um, yes, unity in the house. Amen. Okay, so my name's Tim. That's all I'm telling you about myself. If you don't know me, nice to meet you. If we've never met before in person. Today, if you didn't know, is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. Yes, good. Yeah, and, and so before we even say anything, before we even get started, I just want to set the mood and set the atmosphere. Can we all just please stand and give a huge round of applause for our amazing pastors? Come on, guys, let's hear it for them. Yeah, 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 yes, 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 yes. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. We celebrate you guys. We celebrate you guys. You know, um, the Bible says that God gives gifts to the body. And what a wonderful gift God has given us with the both of them. I, I truly mean that. Um, and I thank God for our pastors. And uh, personally, I honestly, time would fail me, especially right now, to, uh, to share with everyone all the amazing things that both of them the ways that they have blessed my life and the life of my family and the times that they've prayed with us through things and things that we've gone through, my wife and I or my kids and I, uh, the times that they have pushed me when I needed to be pushed and even the times that they have pulled me back when I needed to be restrained. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for both of you. I really, really love you. Uh, and I just thank you for this opportunity and your trust this morning to be able to share because um, you don't get here without their okay. So even though they don't know necessarily what I'm going to say, they're trusting me, and I'm just, I appreciate that so much. So thank you for that. So today we're talking about pastor appreciation, and of course we're going to be talking about honor because, you know, that is the pastor appreciation topic. But we're going to be looking at honor today from a little bit of a different perspective. We're going to be jumping into the spiritual side of honor. Many of you know, you know, everything is spiritual, okay? The natural is actually based off of the spiritual. So if I had a title today, it would actually be called this, Honor, in parentheses, Divine Alignment. So everything that I'm talking about today, we're going to keep in the back of our minds that we're actually talking about divine alignment with God. Just like Pastor Tina said, God is always trying to get something to us. And even in this midst right now, even though we're celebrating them, God is still trying to get something to you. So don't, don't just shut that off in the back of your mind and think, oh, we're, just, we're here to appreciate them. We are but it's also their heart as well that you get something from God this morning. Okay, so let's just jump right in. The Bible says to give honor where honor is due. That's the paraphrase in Romans 13, 7, as you may know. But I like to give a de definition of things because sometimes the Bible uses words and we kind of skim over it real quick. So this is what honor is. So honor is a heart position. Many times we think, oh, I thought honor was... No, honor begins with heart position of respect and gratitude, it is then expressed in the giving of special attention through words, deeds, and other actions. Okay, so just to recap that again, honor is a heart position of respect and gratitude, and it is expressed in the giving of special attention through words, deeds, and other actions. And so, of course, Pastor Appreciation Day is a day to honor and to be thankful for our pastors who encourage and bless us and who have, who have diligently uh, oftentimes carried us as a congregation and as a family. So that's really what we're, you know, desiring to do today. Now we are also going to tie this into toxic thoughts. So this series kind of continues, and I think this is quite, you know, for myself personally, a great moment because technically I can say that Pastor Ian and I did a series together. And so uh, one uh, check on my, uh, you know, notch of life things to do. So we're going to talk about toxic thoughts. So on, in the spiritual side of things, toxic thoughts as we've been talking about, and the door is way over there, I might reference it at some point, you guys don't need to bring it, but um, we're really going to look at the attack on honor this morning. 
um, we know from Scripture that the mind is the battlefield. So Pastor Ian was totally getting into my notes on Wednesday, and I was like, please don't, please don't talk about this. They're totally going to think I'm ripping you off. But we talked about the mind is the battlefield and, and how many times the mind we're fighting ourselves. Uh, we know the Bible talks about the mind being the battlefield. Even Joyce Meyer talks about the mind being the battlefield. So we know that the mind is the battlefield. And within the battlefield, that's where oftentimes we are fighting ourselves, pre-existing beliefs that we have. But that's also where we're fighting spiritual things, right? The Bible says our battle is not against flesh or blood. It's against spiritual powers in high places. And so our soul arena, the mind, the will, the emotions, the, the intellect, that is where this battle is going on. We also know from Romans 12 too, that transformation happens by the renewal of your mind. Now, when you got born again, right, when Christ came into your life, it says, you know, all things are passed away, all things become new. You were given a new spirit man. That is incorruptible and that is brand new. But your mind, you still live on planet Earth. And that is why we have to renew our mind. It'd be nice if we could just read the Bible one time and then it was all done and we just go, woo, and you know. But the reality is, is we live in a world that continues to be tainted and increasingly so dark. And it's continually pushing us and buffeting us and trying to get us to turn back. And so that is why we have to renew our minds continually to the word of God. And that is what the Bible talks about. We have the mind of Christ. Amen. Okay, so we know that from Romans 2.12. Now, there has been a systematic attack, a demonic systematic attack on honor. And in our culture today, we can see it all over the place that dishonor has even been embraced to the point of where it's a virtue. We dishonor our politicians and our prime minister or our president if you're American. We dishonor law enforcement. We dishonor teachers. We dishonor pastors and leaders. We dishonor them because we really don't understand things. Now, this doesn't mean that they're always right right? But it, what necessarily, we're talking about prime ministers and presidents here. Yeah, not pastors. <laughs> this doesn't mean that they're necessarily always right, right? But, but, but that is not what, how God has set up honor to be in the first place. And so we live in a culture that slowly over time has made dishonor a virtue, right? And, and, and so what, and that's even seeping oftentimes not in here, but into the body of Christ. And we're going to look at this this morning, I believe, as I've been praying through this message, God, what do you want to say to the people? What do you want to say? God has highlighted to me that there is an attack on honor because honor is a catalyst to answered prayer. Honor is a catalyst to answered prayer. Got something in my pocket? All right. This is a, uh, I used this example in LCSM uh, last year. If you didn't know, I'm one of the teachers in Light City School of Ministry, and you haven't seen me yet, but you're going to see me soon back there. Uh, anyway, so this right here is epoxy. If you don't know what epoxy is, it's basically like a really, really strong glue. And inside it has two chambers here. One of them is called resin, and one of them is called a hardener. Now, if I was to kind of squirt this all over the place, which I wouldn't, but let's just say I did, uh, nothing would actually happen as long as the two chemicals didn't touch each other. But the moment that they touch each other, a chemical reaction begins to take place. So one of these is called a catalyst. So a catalyst is causing a reaction when it interacts with something else. In fact, this was specifically designed to cause a reaction when it interacts with this. So to apply it to a spiritual realm, you'll know that. You can help me out with the scripture. Faith worketh by very good. Okay, so what the Bible is saying in that instance is that if you want your faith to work, it has to be paired with love. That is the way that God has set things up. That is the way the universe works. Your faith cannot work without love. You know further on in the Bible, it says that faith uh, without works is dead, right? And, and what that's really saying, put love in there, faith without love works is dead. Well, I submit to you that the same way that love and faith have that connection, that so do prayer 
and honor. And I'll prove it to you. I'm not just going to say it. Let's open up the Bible. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now you're probably saying, bro, didn't hear honor up in there. So let me try and do it this way. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the key because honor is a tangible expression of thanksgiving. Honor is a tangible expression of thanksgiving. You honor because you are thankful. Therefore, because that's a synonym, you could look at that scripture and you could say, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with honor, let your requests be made known to God. You see, talking about alignment, when you honor God, God honors you. And when you honor man, even those we would consider dishonorable, God honors you. So God, honoring God and honoring man is actually setting us up for divine alignment, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but not quite yet. Guys, if you could please put up, I have a chart, uh, slide number one. Yeah, I got a chart. Couldn't believe that. Yeah. I feel like charts make you legitimate, you know? I don't know. I don't know if this, was, this may be my insecurity or not, but I created a chart. All right. So, in my ch- so what, we're, what we're looking at here, I'm going to turn so my mic doesn't feedback. What we're looking at here is basically uh, kind of what's already been, been talked about uh, in the series Toxic, just presented in a different way. So that thing in the background there, that is the root, uh, a root. And as we know, that root, that's where the seed of, of thought happens, right? It, it, takes, it happens and it takes root. That's why we're showing roots. On the left side, you have the fruit of the spirit. On the right side, you have the fruit of the flesh, which we have toxic. You'll see that there's three headings. There's thoughts, emotions, and actions. And we know from many teachings that that goes on to talk about habits and character and destiny and all those things. But for the purpose of today, I'm just going to be highlighting one of these. So we're not going to talk about everyone. But you can see Philippians 4.8 on the left-hand side. The Bible tells us, think on these things that are true, just, pure, noble, virtuous, lovely, praiseworthy, thankful. The reason that God says think on those things is because God knows when you start to think about something, you're going to start feeling something. And so, so when you think on those things, then you're going to start feeling hopeful, happy, encouraged, peaceful, content. And God also knows that when you start feeling something, that is a motivator for action. Because when you feel good, you start doing good. Yeah. So then you will start doing, you will be loving, compassionate, faithful, gentle, self-control. You will have honor, holiness. And that is the pattern. Now, we know on the toxic side of things, we're just going to highlight, uh, we're going to just talk about the things that are green here. Really talking about how unthankful thoughts will lead to discontentment, and discontentment will lead to dishonor. Now, just to show you an example, uh, let's say uh, one of the leaders is walking, uh, no, let's say Pastor Tina, much stronger example. (laughs) Pastor Tina's walking down the hallway, she's preparing to speak Sunday morning, but you don't know who's speaking Sunday morning, and you just happen to come in the door the opposite way. Pastor Tina walks by looking at her phone because she's actually looking at her message, but when you walk by and say hi, she doesn't notice. So you keep going, you think, oh, Pastor Tina, I've been here three months now, and you don't even know my name, so now for the next 30 interactions, I'm going to ignore you because you clearly ignored me. Now, right, hypothetically. Now, now here's, here's the thing about thoughts, okay? What Satan does is he fishes. All Satan is is a, a really a fisherman. And what he does is he throws out bait to see if he'll bite, 
And if you don't bite, he says, let's switch up the bait. He's a bait master. That is the one thing he is good at. And he tries to find the particular bait that's going to get you. Okay? Another example, you know, I'll use myself. I won't use them anymore. Maybe you're like, you know, uh, bro, I came to church to hear Pastor Ian McDonald speak, not some dude in a hoodie. I don't even know his last name. You know, you know, I've been going to church 30 years here. The ministry hasn't even been going 30 years. I've been going to church here 30 years, and I clean the toilet once, and I should be preaching, right? And so, but that can, you know, that's just an absurd, but maybe that's true. I don't know. But the point is, is that, see, he's the, he's, the, he's the master manipulator, and he just gets that bait that just tweaks you the wrong way. He just tries to get in you, and it's so subtle, and it's so subtle. The problem is, see, dishonor isn't something that we do on purpose. Dishonor is something that slowly gets in there. We start, you know, we, we become unthankful. And then, and then guess what? It happens again, but maybe in a different way. And it happens again. It becomes reinforced. And slowly over time, that starts to build discontentment. And when discontentment sets in, that starts to uh, right, come out in dishonor. Now, going back to the door over there for a second, you'll remember if picture the door was in front of us here and we have the blessing-filled life, right? What's on the other side of the door? Anytime that I've encountered a door that has something valuable behind it, you know what it always has on it? A lock. A lock. You think you're going to walk up into the kingdom and get all that God has without, you know, all this, you know, we have the enemy, we have opposition, and this thing is guarded. Honor is the key that unlocks the door to the blessing-filled life. Now, we are going to, oh, can you, sh- can you show my second chart just uh, for a second there? I don't want to miss it. Don't worry, we're not going to spend much time on this. Doo-doo-doo. Okay, now, we, you see how before we were just looking at the roots? See, that's where the enemy tries to get us stuck because we don't see the full picture of the manifestation of what's coming. See, God's trying to get us to the, the, the blessing-filled life where we have abundance on one side and we have, you know, all things good. And on the other side, there's desolation, there's a barren land, and you see the crows, and you see, you know, that is, that is the, the end result there. And so that is really where we're trying to catch things early. And the good thing is, as Pastor had said the other day, if you find yourself doing an action that you don't like, then take a step backwards and go one back. So, you know, if you're in your emotions, if you're anxious, or you're sad, or you're depressed, there is a thought that has taken root that is driving that emotion. So maybe you don't have the answer, but he's given you the key to identify how to do it or, you know, or, or where to start looking. If you have an emotion that is negative and you don't like it, you step backwards and say, what is causing this emotion? What did I just think that made me feel this way? Write that down because that is the thing that you are going to uproot that is going to get rid of the, the feeling. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about real quick what's called, I said the spiritual side of things, we're going to be talking about spiritual orphans. Now, before I get into this whole thing, I'm going to preface this section here to say that I'm not teaching this today because we are necessarily in this place. I know sometimes we can, uh, you know, when, when, when there can be preaching, uh, the goal is definitely not to be condemned, right? We're, we're not going through Leviticus to tell you the 612 commandments that Moses gave you in additional to the 10, right? Okay, and so we're going to say some things here, but the, po- the point of what I'm saying today is that, let me say it like this. Practicing good health is the best way to prevent sickness. If you've never been the type of person that takes your car in for a tune-up, I'm going to share something with you. $60 tune-up 
avoid $600 car repair bill. Now, and I was this way for a long time. Why am I going to pay $60 when everything's going fine? Until my rust bucket car is falling apart now because I didn't take the time to maintain it. So we're simply doing this from a perspective of a tune-up. If you identify something that I say that's you, make a note and say, wow, you know, let's go after that thing. But this is in no way necessarily even saying that we are here. This is to make sure that we don't go here, okay? So keep that in mind as I say these things. The primary purpose of an attack on honor is to make spiritual orphans. Spiritual orphans. The primary purpose of an attack on honor is to make spiritual orphans. Here's the thing. The devil doesn't care if you come to church. Wow. He doesn't care if you come to church for 40 years. He just has to make sure that you never apply anything while you're here. No problem, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> right? He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't care if you come to church. He doesn't care. You could come and you could sing and you could eat the cookies and drink the coffee and be happy. But if you don't apply what you hear, you will never change. And that is why Satan is after make, trying to create spiritual orphans. A spiritual orphan is a person who can be in a spiritually rich environment like this week after week. But because of their heart position, there it is again, of dishonor towards leaders or teachers, they have an extremely limited capacity to receive. Uh, okay, let me give you a natural example. Okay, at home, right now, I have this clog in my sink. And so it's annoying, and I've been trying to get this thing out of the sink, and I think food got in there, and I don't know, and I just haven't been able to get it out. And so you, you turn on the water at full power, and immediately the, the, the sink starts to clog, and it starts to rise up. Well, the reason that, you know, in, in the same way, even though the tap is on to the full extent, it doesn't matter how hard that water pressure is coming out. Because the clog exists, the water can't pass through. If your heart is clogged because you have a skewed perspective and dishonor lies inside you, it does not matter what you're hearing. It does not have the ability to penetrate because what is already there blocking it. So that is what we're talking about when we're saying spiritual orphans. Okay? Spiritual orphans, they have a skewed perspective. And we resist authority. Um, basically, the skewed perspective, that's what toxic thinking is. Yes. Right. You perceive things in a way they aren't, it, that, that's incorrect. That's not reality. You know, you're seeing things that are altered. Toxic thinking makes that which should be honored common. And something that's common is no longer considered valuable. Common is really the opposite of honor. Hey, hey, hey. And for, for an example, I'll use Pastor Ian, if you're okay with that, Pastor Ian. So Pastor Ian is my pastor, but I'd also call him... He gets the mic next, I know. He's my pastor, but I'd also... I'd, I'd say he's my friend. And I, I hope he'd say the same thing. Okay? So, so we've known each other for a little while now, and you know, and so we have some kind of cool little jokes and laughs and things like that. But I'll tell you one thing. There is this purposeful place that I leave, that's my job to leave, between us where I can receive either encouragement or correction. Because if you do not leave, now notice I said encouragement or correction. When you make things common, you can no longer receive encouragement either. When I'm super buddy-buddy with someone and they go, oh, Tim, you know, you should do this. And I'm like, whatever, you don't know anything. You're my friend. We hang out all the time. Why, why, how are you going to say anything that's going to change my life? Right? Or the opposite. Let's say you have a friend and that space doesn't, that honor doesn't exist in that relationship and they come and say, yo, you, you really need to change this in your life. And you're like, who are you to tell me that? Right. Now you might not say it to pastor, but you thought it. Thank you. Come on now. Just me. 
So that's just, a, that's just one example of that. Okay, so how you perceive someone is how you receive them. That's why you can't let them become common. Because when they come common, you lose the ability to receive. You know, you might be thinking, why do we spend so much time talking about toxic this, toxic that? I like the first message, but here we go on toxic, toxic, toxic. The reason that we keep talking about toxic thinking is because this is the reality. You cannot change your behavior without first addressing your thinking. You cannot change your behavior without first addressing your thinking. That is absolutely just the way that it works. Honor, as we talked about, that divine alignment. The reason God wants you to be divinely aligned with him is because you cannot receive assignment until you first have alignment. Divine assignment comes from divine alignment. And if you're not aligned properly... If you're frustrated in your life where you feel like God is calling you to something, but you just can never quite get there, it might not be that you have the wrong, the wrong thing. It might, might just be you need that alignment with the Lord to allow that to be birthed into reality. Hey. Divine alignment releases divine assignment. So just to recap here quickly, honor is the catalyst uh, to answer prayer. Honor is the tangible expression of thanksgiving. Honor divinely aligns us with God, and ultimately our heart position towards others, and in this case our leaders, unlocks our own God potential. That is ultimately what we're doing. It unlocks our own God potential. Okay, and last uh, 10 minutes here that I have, we're going to talk about four ways to honor our pastors. And this is really like throughout the year. This isn't like, I, I love Pastor Appreciation Day, but I'm also like, why do we do it on one day? It's like Mother's Day and Father's Day. Right. You know, yeah, he said, I'm like, it's like, my, you know, mom, love you. You know, it's like, it, you do your, you want to honor them all year round. So these things that I'm saying, please don't bombard them after service and try to do all of them today. They got a life too. They want to go home and eat or something, you know? It's like, so, so spread it out along the year, you know? So, so that's what we're talking about really today. So four ways to honor a pastor. One, encourage them as they encourage us. Simple, right? But, you know, I know sometimes we think they're superhuman, especially since Pastor Ian wore that Superman outfit. I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that in my mind. And if you, if you remember, if you remember, yeah, you've been here for that. So, so sometimes we think, you know, they're superhuman, and they are, but they still need encouragement, just like we need encouragement. They're not going to show you on Sunday morning that they're feeling discouraged. They're here because their job is to encourage you. So don't just base off how they appear. Who knows what's going on in the inside? So whenever you feel that nudge from God, don't even second guess it. If you have the thought to encourage them, encourage them. You can do it in words and notes and letters. Write them a letter. Encourage them with stories about how they've preached something that has blessed your life. You know, you could encourage them with the guidance uh, uh, that they've given you to make your faith strong. Number two, give gifts. Okay, perfect. Okay, stop. What did you feel when I said that? Don't, you know, say it out loud. And if you're being silent, I already know. But here's the point, okay? They appreciate your gifts, but this is the point. If you had a negative emotion, that is telling you something. Now, I'm going to put my, I'm going to give you my example uh, of myself. Oftentimes when it comes to pastors, they've blessed our life so much we feel like we can't give a gift until it was like the best gift that you ever could potentially save up for. 
And so oftentimes there's been times where God's wanting me to give a gift or I've just wanted to, and I haven't because I felt like my gift doesn't measure up to who they are. So I don't give it. But that's a lie. God's trying to bless them and bless me. And I am abandoning both our blessings because I have a skewed perspective about it. Maybe your gift is a cup of coffee. Maybe you don't have a dollar. Give them a high five and a hug. The point is, it's not the size of the gift, but can I tell you one thing? If you don't learn to give small, you will never give big. So gifts, and we know from scripture, 1 Timothy 5, 17 says, let the elders who rule be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. That is as clear as day. Double honor, outward respect and appreciation in both words and actions. The last two are more important. Those two are important, but the last two are more important. The third, the third thing, the third way to honor our pastors, pray for them. I don't have enough time to even cover this section. Faith and prayer are the spiritual mechanisms through which God works and moves. The fate of ministries hangs on prayer. And I know we can get caught up and, you know, it's great and we come here and it's cool and let's do this and let's leave. But prayer frames this whole thing. No condemnation. Time for a toxic thought check. Time for a heart check. I'm checking myself. When's the last time you prayed for our pastors? Just think about it. Now, this is just to say, now remember, God is working on divine alignment here. This isn't for us to go, oh, I'm going to myself. No, this is to say, this is to, you know, God's trying to do something both in the house and in you. And so here, can I, can I just say, can we just do this? This is like an unofficial thing. This is a challenge. Unofficial challenge. Can we make November, unofficially, Pray for your pastor's month. It doesn't have to be long. It, doesn't, it can be, you know, before you go to bed, in the morning, you know, when you're waking up doing your thing. You could be at your job and you're doing it in your mind. Can we just pray for them every single day in November and see what God does? We talked about unity as a house. So simple. Maybe we can make it official. We could put like a little poster in the hallway and, you know, remind you guys. But yeah, and, you know, and uh, by the way, you don't have to wait till November, but that's just kind of a marker <laughs> so that we can maybe take that month and say, let's pray for our pastor's month, right? Amen. That's so, that's so the, I'll be doing it, and I invite you to join me on this unofficial quest to make that effort to say, you know what? They spent their hard, they're, they're sacrificing their lives. Sometimes we forget about that, right? They have, the, you know, their hopes and dreams are to glorify God. But there's other things that they wanted to do that they laid down so that they could lead us. You know? <laughs> Got to maintain my manliness. <clears throat> okay, two more. I got two minutes. Hebrews 13, 17, I love the way the message says it so, so beautifully. It says, be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the conditions of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. Right? Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. That happens sometimes. Why would you want to make things harder for them? That's the scripture. That's so good. I know, right? That's, that's God going like, hey. Uh, 
this last scripture I want to share with you, John 14, 15. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commandments. How do you know if you love God? He didn't say be perfect. He said, listen to what I say and do the best you can. And I hear God saying two things in that scripture. One, if we love God, then we keep his commandment to honor. And if we love them, we keep the commandments that they give us. <coughs> Amen. One minute. Let's pray. Father, God, you just please extend your hands towards our, our pastors. God, we just, love, we just love Pastor Ian and Pastor Tina so much, Father. We're just so thankful for them, Lord. We are so thankful, God, that you have given us such amazing spiritual parents, God. And even today, Father, we thank you for a supernatural work in our own hearts, God, where there has been a clog or there has been any, Father, discontentment or, or, or any unthankfulness or uh, any dishonor, Father. And we just ask that you would wipe that away. We let go of everything, Father, and we say fill the void, Father, that is there with your truth, God. Show us your truth. We pray that you would continually... Uh, bless, Father, our pastors, Lord, in their, in their wisdom and in their ability and in their knowledge, Father, in their finances and in every good thing that you're doing in their life, God. Continue to do that. We thank you, Father, that they are accelerated, God. We thank you that they are continually accelerated, Father. We thank you for bringing on board the people that they need to make the connections that you need them to make for where they're going, Father, and where we're all going together as a family. God, we just thank you genuinely. We just thank you. Where would we be? Where would we be? And I know so many of you, like myself, have similar stories of times that this man and woman have rescued you at a dark hour. And I encourage you today, beyond today, and for November at least. Pray for our pastors. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.